0: Welcome to the Owners Box. Now here's Billy Koch and Michelle Yu. Welcome everybody to another edition of the Owners Box. I'm Billy Koch, founder and managing partner of Little Red Feather Racing Club. I can't believe I can't even say our own name. Joining me as always, the wonderfully talented Michelle Yu. Michelle, are it parts unknown? Are you home? Are you at Keeneland? Where Where are you?
1: No, I'm at home right now, Billy. Definitely at home.
0: Does it feel good to be home? It feels
1: nice to be home, but it's it's going to be a busy. Two weeks coming up here.
0: What's so busy? Breeders cup. You got any breeder's cup horses?
1: No, but I've got to work for breeder's cup. And then I do the breakfast show. And then I work for Stein Anita still. I do our show. I also have the golden hour for like the internationals. I've been asked oh. to do like a daily international, like thing. I don't know. Um, Thanks. and then Thanks. it's like thing. What yeah. is the
0: breakfast show? Oh, is that where you're in your works? Oh, That's fun.
1: Yeah, and then we're breaking oh, babies, obviously. And I've you, been annoying my husband and coming to the go? barn every day. So we've got a lot of stuff going on.
0: I'd like to be on the show.
1: On the breakfast show? Yeah. Oh yeah. I'll come harass you for sure.
0: Okay, good. All right. All right. Um we have a great guest today, Dora Delgado. Uh is joining us she is one of the big time muckety mucks at the breeders cup muckety muck in a good way um uh, <laughs> we'll get her title when we come I, I i asked i think i i don't know I senior
1: vice it. president
0: yeah i'll butcher it again i'll butcher okay. it again um but dora is great She's uh, been with the breeders cup for a long long time we're gonna find out about her story coming up right after three things of note
1: uh first thing's a little sad langford died at age 31 um, he was awesome, but 31 is a ripe old age for a horse to live to. And he'd been pensioned at the last couple of years and he'd been just hanging out at his home of Lanesend farm. So, uh, thank you Lanesend for taking such good care of him. And I'm sure he'll be greatly missed by many.
0: Yep.
1: The next thing of note is kind of two parts. It's breeder's cup related on both ends. The first is that Pletcher worked a dozen horses for the breeder's cup, but not Forte.
0: Yeah, he's not gonna
1: make it. Okay. Uh, the second thing of Breeders Cup note is that Inspiral was ruled out of the Queen Elizabeth on Champions Day this weekend because the ground was not gonna be to her liking. So she has now been confirmed to head over for Breeders' Cup. She's good. Yeah, she's really yeah. good. She's really um good. watch out. So that's she's a that's a big cool thing, right?
0: Okay. Yeah. And
1: then my third thing of note. It's kind of another two-parter, and it's Keeneland-related. First is that Cory Lannery became the 38th North American rider to have won 5,000 races, and he did that at Keeneland. Then, um,
0: wait, wait. And then he went and played around a round of golf. Did he? Yeah, I saw it he on Twitter.
1: <laughs> uh and then Keeneland just announced that they are dumping a buttload of money into into the Keeneland racetrack, spending multi-millions of dollars to revamp the paddock area. They are gonna construct a permanent paddock building with a reimagined saddling experience.
0: Yeah, and I, I think it was ninety million.
1: Yeah, it was a huge amount. I couldn't find the right number after I had like looked at it this morning, but oh. it is like
0: huge. That's good. Well, that's nice. I mean, the track is already beautiful. I was there several times. I know, Michelle, you were just there. I mean, if you think you want to see a vibe for racing, go to Keeneland. It is just absolutely unbelievable. It is packed. People are screaming, yelling, betting, drinking, enjoying. I mean, it is awesome. I cannot explain how awesome being at Keeneland is. And Michelle, I have a fourth um, thing about it
1: fourth thing of note
0: yeah and watch this combo aftercare corner
1: oh i oh i love it
0: yes so i happened to be in kentucky last weekend and i got to go visit red king who who was
1: so amazing
0: he was participating is the retired racehorse project yes is that what it's called and and um it was michelle uh, to say I was, like, a little emotional would be an understatement. I mean, to see him, this horse who, you know, uh, was a, just an absolute terror on the racetrack and a beast to even gallop. We were laughing about it this morning at the D'Amato Barn, like, that they need, like, two people to, like, get him right. I mean, he was, like, a terror, right? Right, right. You go out there, and he is doing whatever uh, his, his his rider, and I, I think it's Kirsty Kirsty. I think I'm saying her name right. She's amazing. Um and she, he just listens to her, and he just stands there, and he eats cookies, and he looks like the happiest horse in the world. Like it's, it's her. amazing. Uh, and did you I, watch
1: his freestyle? Because
0: I saw it. Was I saw the, the, the video. Big
1: score to the King and I.
0: Yeah. It's amazing. And no, they did this thing where he goes out and he has to like back up through barrels of hay. And then he goes and he takes his, the uh, his jockey or his rider close to, she has to pin a tail on the donkey. And then, you know, there's all these little things. Then he has to go around this other thing and a bell rings. It, it was crazy. And he was so good. I was blown away. I was absolutely yeah. blown away. It was awesome.
1: A really good job.
0: Yeah, it was awesome. And I think, um, I think uh, I just found out from Michelle Nevin. I actually talked to her this morning, and I think uh, my boy Tate is going to ultimately be trained for the Retired Racehorse Project. So oh, that's exciting. cool. Yeah, it's very, very exciting. So uh, kudos to everybody who's putting that on. And if you haven't been to one of these events, it is, it's is—it's really wild. its That's all I can say. It's really wild. It's touching. And it's so good to to try to get your Retired Racehorses um into one of these programs with these people who do these because it, it's so gratifying and, and it really makes you feel good uh, um, for the horse and yes. that's important. so. Anyway, all right, let's um, let's take a quick break and then let's get to Dora. Perfect.
1: The Owner's Box is thrilled to continue our partnership with Woodbine for the 2023 season. Live racing continues throughout this year with a 4.50 p.m. Eastern post-time on Thursdays and a 1.10 p.m. Eastern post-time Friday through Sunday. The stakes action continues this weekend with the Grade 3 Ontario Derby for three-year-olds on synthetic, as well as two more stakes on Sunday, the Overskate and the Eternal Search, both for Canadian breads. Don't miss out on all the action, and for more information, head over to woodbine.com.
0: All right, back here on the Owner's Box, and a very, very special guest this afternoon. Dora Delgado from the Breeders' Cup is here. Dora, what is your official title?
1: Oh, I know it. I know it. It's the Executive Vice President and Chief Racing Officer.
0: Executive Vice President. That's a huge title. Dora, thank you for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. It's such a pleasure. Well, you and I met in 2004. Yes. We were probably at much different points of our of our existence. What 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 I mean, this is now I mean, next year, can you believe it? Is the twenty year anniversary.
2: Of you guys I cannot. I cannot. I can't believe this year is our fortieth running of the Breeders Cup. It's just gone by in the blink of an eye.
0: Were you at the first Breeders Cup?
2: I was. I was I started with Breeders' Cup in nineteen eighty three when they first were Getting their offices set up so i've been there for 42
0: years unbelievable Watch. now so wait take me mm-hmm. back to 2004 when i met you what was your role at that time
2: gosh i think i was probably director of, of racing and nominations back then you know i had i was working under pam Smurf at the time she was right. um she was our yeah she was the the vice president of racing so I, you know, I got, I got a new title invented for me when I ran out of titles. <laughs> <laughs> what
0: was <laughs> your honestly... favorite job
2: that you've done, Dora? Oh, you know, I love it all. Honestly, I've just, I've just kept adding jobs to my, you know, my role. So, you know, it's the, the, you know, being involved with the equines end of thing is, is to me just such a passion play because I mean I I love all the operational stuff too. I love all the the ticketing and the parties and you know getting all the people set up with what they need, but I really like making sure that that the equine operations go well. So it's it's definitely where I where I find my strengths.
1: I I love that you kind of started with that because I want to go back to last weekend. I saw you at Keeneland and I feel like anytime I see you at the races, you are having the best of time. So Hey, I'm very
2: envious. I, am. Of you. But yeah. B, I, really I am, you know. It's it's so funny because people say, you know, oh, you know, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, I'm in horse racing, and they're like, oh, and I'm like, but secretly, I've like got the best job, you know, that there absolutely <laughs> is. Like, I, I mean, how do that. I how do I call this work half the time? You know, it's like, oh, I get to travel around and go to the races. Hmm. Oh, poor me.
1: <laughs> I I want to know, Dora, what was your favorite race
2: from Keeneland last weekend? oh my gosh, they had so many close finishes. I swear. I was just on the edge of my seat for for those. But I mean, I think the, you know, the Judmont Finster was just such a great race. I love, I have a soft spot in my heart for the Mayors. So I love to see them when they're competing at that, at that level.
0: Wait. Okay. Michelle went last weekend. Mm-hmm. I'm going Breeders' Cup. Let's talk what was is there a a most i'm going to do two categories first of all your most memorable breeder's cup race Mm. in the 40 years
2: oh my gosh that's that's really really hard to say i think the one i (laughs) i know which one you want me to say
0: (laughs) yes i think that was the most memorable
2: i will say that one has really singletary has just stood out in my memory because of of, you know your team and and everybody that was associated with the horse and how much fun you guys were having and the and the video from that event is just so joyous that that really makes me happy when we see people literally living out their dreams at the Breeders Cup it's just it's just so um you know soul moving it's just wonderful you know it's it's you know one of the things I say I, I get a little I get a little upset with some with some owners who seem a little jaded, you know, that they don't show up, you know, at their local track for their horses running or their stakes. And I know there people have all kinds of demands on their time, but you know, when you're at Breeders' Cup and you and you finally see the culmination of a year-long effort to get there, and it's not easy. I mean, people say, you know, oh, the the you know why are the fields come up short here and there and you know it's 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 a hard campaign to keep going all year long run at the top of your game so that you get selected into the race and mm-hmm. still be healthy by the time the race comes around you know it's it's not it's not easy we're not a spring event we're a fall and everybody's had a hard campaign and have really struggled to get there and no no more so than the owners and trainers who have just you know bitten their nails down to a quick wait to see if they're gonna make it so to see to see people's joy in the winter circle and and celebrate with their friends and family, I, I, it's just it, it moves every single one of us that works for Breeders
0: Cup. Dora Delgado joining us from the Breeders Cup. Uh, Dora, you 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 made a really good point, and it's something that a lot of people don't think about, and that is. Your the timing of the Breeders' Cup. It's supposed to be this mm-hmm. world championship. It's at the, but it's at the end of this year. So are yeah. you seeing more and more people kind of plan for the Breeders' Cup and maybe give their horses breaks earlier in the year so that they can get there? What are you seeing? Is there a trend?
2: Oh, absolutely. You know, and, and I will say this. You know, racing secretaries have, have probably vilified me more than anybody because they really <laughs> had to adjust their entire racing calendars you know, they, you know, a a perfect example is Naira, you know, who, who used to have the fall championships and, and, you know, had planned it about, you know, three to four weeks, uh, you know, ahead of the Breeders' Cup, and it was gave all those New York horses a really good final prep, and the way trainers started, you know, extending the, the time between races and, and training differently meant they had to keep moving some of those great grade one races earlier and earlier in the year, so I think, you know, it's it definitely had an effect. I think that challenge races have a huge effect on on people's uh, calendar planning, you know, as you try to win some free entry fees on their way. We sure. introduced the dirt dozen last year, you know, which which also provides some some rewards to apply towards entry fees. I think I think these things, you know, affect the way trainers plot out their horses campaigns. and And I think it leaves racing secretaries having to try to figure out how how they're going to set their calendars to match up with that. So it's, you know, it's a it's a moving, <laughs> it's a moving you know piece of work there, and and I think you know when breeders cut way back in the day, we used to run a lot the last weekend in October, um, due to some television commitments, you know, and we've since moved really mostly into the first weekend in November. So you know everybody has to plan plan backwards from there, and I, and I think it does definitely affect everyone.
0: Hey, Dora, interesting that you said television, because one of the one of the things that I'm not sure people are even aware of is that the classic is not the last race this year. And I believe (laughs) for thirty nine straight years and yes, due to a college football conflict, I believe. How how do you think that affects things? I mean, obviously, maybe the betting challenge, maybe just I, I, I don't know how 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 do you see it?
2: Well, you know, we, we, of course, we had a lot of angst about it, you know, when we found out, you know, when we're always, we're always running earlier than what we, you know, really like to do when we're on the West Coast. And that's, you know, because we want to make sure we get those primetime windows. And NBC, in the past several years, had offered a primetime window, you know, between 8 and 9 or 7 and 8, something closer so that, you know, people would be at home in front of their televisions. Um, due to their commitments, you know, we we really only got the 3:30 to 7 p.m. But but that's more than what we've been getting. We'd only been getting an hour on NBC proper, and and we're using their other properties, USA, and prior to that, NBC Sports for the remainder of the other 13 races. So this actually gives more race championship racing on network television, which is you know, just gets more eyeballs on us. And then we started looking at, you know what, what happens in, in Europe, um, you know, the 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 big race of the day is often not the the end, you know, the, the last race of the day or the right. second to last race of the day. It's, it's often in the middle of the card. Um, so we really wanted to make sure that if you were gonna pl- play the Breeders' Cup Classic, you know, that you got to, you got to see that at a decent time, 6.40 PM Eastern time is when it'll air. And then we'll have another, you know, the turf sprint and the breeders and the Qatar Racing Breeders Cup sprint following on on FanDuel. I think it's just going to be something for everybody. You know, you've got you've got racing happening and all kinds of mediums. We do a lot of streaming content, obviously on the web. So I, I think people will be able to find and watch. But I really, we really are looking forward to the exposure that we're going to get. You know, for the extended hours on NBC.
0: Absolutely, Michelle, go.
1: Dora, we've moved from kind of three or four Breeders' Cup races to now this big two-day event encompassing 13 or 14 races. Did you have a
2: preference on the format that we use for Championship Weekend? You know, I did. We had originally, I don't know if you guys remember, but when we first moved to a three-day event, Uh, sorry, two-day event, and we decided we were going to have races on Friday. We had floated the idea of a Philly Friday and tried to, you know, move all the girl races to Friday. It didn't really resonate with people. They didn't, you know, our fans didn't really care for that too much. So then we, you know, we we went back to a mixed bag, and then we launched a Future Stars Friday where we moved all the two-year-olds, and that's really, really, I think, hit a Hit a, hit a good point with with handicappers and our fans. We like showcasing the two-year-olds. I think the trainers like it because they can get the two-year-olds raced and out of the way and then concentrate on their older horses on Saturday. And I think it, I think it divides the, the weekend up nicely.
1: You mentioned the kind of strife that the race office feels that they might have been put through to kind of adjust their schedules. Obviously, now we're dealing with the moving of the classic. And like you mentioned, we've extended the Breeders' Cup and kind of switched around what days hold what races. Can you give us just your perspective on how you bring forth the changes and how you take feedback into consideration?
2: Oh, sure. You know, the the one thing we are, you know, what we're very conscious of when we're moving races around um, is our sponsors. We want to make sure, you know, they've all got exposure and and um, we're promoting them as much as possible. But when we when we think about adding new races, it's really with the understanding you know, that we don't wanna cannibalize um, our other races any further. It's got to, we've gotta evaluate it to make sure that it can um, get grade one status at, after the minimum two year uh, p- trial period is over. We want to make sure that it's successful. We have tried at different times to launch a couple of races. I think the the juvenile sprint on the dirt it was was probably the most recent one. You know, it didn't didn't really get a lot of a lot of horses. I love that race. Though. Were, oh, <laughs> I know, I did I, too. I, so much. I wish that race comes back uh, every year. I don't know I know and then you know it's, it's just it kind of reflects our you know trainers and and, and horses the population shift to turf you know that the, all three of the juvenile turf races are completely oversubscribed every year they're just very very popular um, but we have a racing and nominations committee that's made up of, of our board and our members that um, are just such they just offer such great advice and of course you know, I am I am not hesitant about picking up the phone and calling racing secretaries or trainers and saying, you know, what do you think about this? It's it's definitely we don't operate in a vacuum, that's for sure.
0: We know uh, uh, that Tiffany uh, really calls the shots, but what what has Drew Fleming brought to the Breeders' Cup?
2: <laughs> oh my gosh, Drew has brought so much enthusiasm and excitement and just. You know, challenging. I think the staff to think outside the box all the time. You know, there's, there was. You know, I, I, I don't want to say that the staff was ever complacent because we've always been very innovative and very forward thinking. But you know, when you, when you do something and you do it right and you think, you know, okay, this, is, this is working. There's a lot of times a little hesitancy to change it up because it is working so well. And I think that's one thing that Drew always challenges to do. It's like, yeah, that was good, but, you know, can you do it better? And so I think it's just a constant, you know, can we do this better? What are we offering to our owners? Because we say this all the time, you know, we're a non-invitational event. We, these these owners have to put up, you know, $9 million in entry fees, you know, so it's it's a huge investment. They have to travel. They have to get here. They have to... Um, they have to have their, their horses travel, they have to get all their grooms and their equipment, everything, you know, so it's just, it's very expensive, we know it's expensive we want them to participate so if we can't offer them just best in class service, I think our concierge team is second to none I mean, they are just, oh, they're, they are good. on top of it, they're so yeah. good and, and, you know, and, and people you know, I, I know, I, I've heard a lot of comments that people go to tracks and they just act like, you know, they're not appreciated and stuff, so at, at the very, you know, least, everybody that comes, whether you've got the favorite or you've got the long shot, you're going to be treated like you're at a world class event. You're going to go to the best events. You're going to get the best seats. All your people are going to have the credentials they need. Gifting, you know, it's just it's an experience, and we want to make sure people understand that they are on the world stage, and we appreciate them in, in well, coming
0: and and we do i mean people like courtney and aaron and of course brandy and i'm sure the the, there's people that i'm forgetting but uh from someone who has participated in many breeders cups they uh, they could not be uh more genuine and and wanting to take care of you so um kudos to them i when you you're based uh in lexington correct yeah Yeah. and and so what are the challenges dora to go to Santa Anita or to go to Del Mar. Obviously, I would imagine mm-hmm. that Keeneland's probably one of the, I'm going to put it, I'm putting uh, little quotes, bunny quotes, what do you call those? Uh, <laughs> uh, easiest, easiest places yeah. because you're there. But what are the challenges when you have to travel?
2: It, you know, honestly, I think before, I'm going to say pre COVID and after COVID, right? Because you know, pre-COVID, everybody was like, oh, we got to get on our airplane. We got to go out there. We got to have in, in face-to-face meetings. And I think, you know, the world changed how they did business and, and we did too. We we realized that a lot of this can be done on Teams calls and Zoom calls and and then, you know, save those those long flights back and forth for, you know, on-site meetings for logistics and locations and that sort of thing. So sure. I think it's, it's actually, you know, it's actually, it's, it's gotten better over the years. I think the staff, you know, having to travel—some of them go out for a month, some go for two weeks—it's a—it's a big adjustment and it's—it's it's a lot of hard work. I, we just—it was so funny—we just had our all-hand staff meeting about a week ago, and it's like, you know, we have a lot of new faces this year. The breeder's cup has had um some some staff um, additions and turnovers and for some of them their their first event was just at Cayman so they didn't have okay. a travel you know event yet sure. and uh and so you know we've we've spent a lot of time educating them on you know what What's going to happen? How are you going to do this? And and by the way, you're going to work pretty much 14 days with no break. So everybody, you know, take your energy drinks. You know, so.
0: And, it, and, it's, it's and fun. How many times does it come up like this? Owner's a pain in the ass, specifically. <laughs> All
1: the time, Billy. I we get never
2: Michelle, like, no, don't, don't tell our secret. Stays worst. in the racing office. <laughs> He's
0: the worst, uh, Michelle. I know you had a question.
1: Dora, because you guys get to move around so much, do you get, like, happy that we've kind of stuck with the same three or four tracks, or is it kind of refreshing to have the new challenge of bringing
2: in a new new track for
0: when are we the going back to Lone Star
2: when yeah that's a good Lone question let <laughs> go back to Lone Star I don't know I'd just be happy to get back to New York Philly <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my gosh that was so I was so cold at <laughs> that Breeders' Cup though I was so cold
2: well, uh, I know there is that I mean Chicago between Chicago and New York that's that's been, I think you know two of the most cold Breeders' Cups we've ever had I love the challenge of a new of a new, fitting a new track in, it's just we're running out of venues that can successfully host it at the size we are now. You know, when we were a one-day event and and had a much smaller footprint, I think it was a little easier to go to Mammoth and and to 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 Lone Star. Um, it, it, it's just a it's just a behemoth now. You know, to be quite frank, we need a lot of premium seating. We need we need venues that can host large groups. We've got you know i my quarantine units expanded to seven this year i'm thinking i'm probably going to have you know over 45 internationals so wow. it's just it just keeps growing and growing so the the ability to handle the event um front side is one thing the ability to handle the the amount of horses and quarantine and and um, accommodations we have to make in the barn area is also just you know a tremendous um, you know toll on a track, so and you've got to have airports that are nearby that can handle an international you know horse shipment, which is yeah. not a lot of them
0: yeah. um you know Great so it's
2: point. it's challenging when you look at you know maybe going to a place like laurel or or you know even going back to woodbine one year you know yeah. it's it's you know it's it's challenging.
0: You you mentioned space, and I, I I think I read this, Dora, and I could be very wrong because social media is generally wrong, and I try my best to stay off of it as much as possible, but I, I heard something that the infield at Santa Anita is not open this year. Is that true? It's
2: not. It's not. And the, And honestly, the reason is, is we just haven't found anything that really works successfully there. Um, you know, we we want to have, if we're going to put people out there, we want to have a really good, um, you know, uh, food trucks and music experience, yep. you know, and it, it's just nothing has really resonated with, and you got to call, you got to call, I think a lot from the local residents to to support something like that. You know, when we when we start when we put tickets on sale, the the all the premium seating goes so fast because those are our regulars and the diehards that travel with us and come year after year. You know, trying to move the local community into coming out and either buying GA or or having an experience in the infield is a little tougher. And I just don't think we've hit the right formula yet. I mean, I think it's something we're going to keep working on. I think that that could be a really fun um, activity. Um, but I, I think they just haven't, haven't landed on the right formula
0: yet. Fair enough. Michelle? Uh,
1: Dora, is there anything for this upcoming Breeders' Cup that we need to know about? Is there anything that's going to be different or anything to look forward to? Um, and if if so or if not, my follow-up question is your your horse you're most looking forward to seeing at this year's event. <laughs> you, don't well, I,
2: it, I think... so you don't have to say. Well, I think. I think those I think those two might be tied together. So you know, I having the Japanese come is a little is a little project of mine. You know, I really it's something I really want to grow. You know, as we look across the U. S., you know, dirt race field sizes in decline. You know, and how are we going to build those field sizes? And there's only so many of those horses in in the U.S. and we're all vying for them, you know, at the same time. So we have we were looking, you know, South America. Are they running any dirt down there? You know, not very much. Um, you know, so we're, we then you look to you know um, to Hong Kong and Japan and Korea and and you know can we can we start pulling horses from them? So we really made an all out effort in 21. To get them over here. And of course, you know, that was just incredibly successful and really yeah. kind of set the hook for them. Um, coming to Keeneland the following year, um, their travel here is, is quite difficult to get horses here. They have to quarantine through Chicago instead of just being able to come in through LA like they do when we're running at Santa Anita or Del Mar. So. Okay. Um, you know, we our turnout our turnout here wasn't great, but you know, I'm expecting nine horses this year in from the from Japan, including two horses in the Classic, which is just amazing. And yep. um, Songline running in the in the mile, I think. You know, I, I'm I'm really hopeful that they that they come, they have a good time, they're very successful. They've been they've been really making an impact on the world stage at Dubai and, and Saudi and and at the Arc. So you know, I'm. I'm hopeful that they can come. I love that international aspect of it. You know, it's it's it is it is so incredibly difficult to get these horses tr- here through the um, veterinary exams and the and the vaccinations and all the medical paperwork they have to have in order to be imported into the U.S. You know, the USDA gets involved, and it's 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 incredibly challenging. But when you get them all here and they run fantastically, it's you know everybody's um, very you know happy with the result the Europeans do really well and they love Santa Anita so I'm expecting you know some really and and I think that's really kind of key as to you know like it's some, for some of our fans this will be the first time they'll be able to see those horses in person you know they can only see them on television you know at early hours in the morning when we're televising you know from overseas so you know to be able to watch a race like the mile or the or the breeder's cup turf that has just such an international component in it. I, I think is just so exciting. I, I can't imagine. I haven't handicapped our races in so long because honestly, it's just beyond me. But um, I, I can't imagine how difficult it is. And I know that's why people are so anxious to get the PPS and get started on them weeks, you know, ahead of time.
0: Yeah, that's we we can't wait. Same. Our listeners, yeah, are very <laughs> editorial Hey, I I want to ask uh, two more qu- real quick questions because you brought up racetracks and obviously mm-hmm. this year's Santa Anita, next year's Domar. Do we know where 25 is, or is it been announced?
2: No, that's a big announcement. Oh, yeah, they
0: don't. You can't oh. cheat on it. I didn't know. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that was an honest question. But, but my Michelle, oh. listen, Michelle mentioned that there now is this kind of circulation, and there's there's Keeneland. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's been at Churchill many times. Obviously, that's a giant facility. Is there mm-hmm. a spot... That Dora and this is let's step you out. Take your Breeders Cup hat off. Is there a track mm-hmm. somewhere that's like Dora's little project? Like maybe one day we could have a Breeders Cup here. I'm just this is a curious. This was not on our you know list of questions, but you got me thinking.
2: Well, I, I I will say this, and I love all the tracks we run at, and and obviously I have a soft spot for Keeneland since it's you know I've been going there since I was you know toddling around, but if i had all the money in the world and i was not you know i i didn't have any restraints on me i would probably build a racetrack that would answer all of the breeder's cup's needs in one place because like if we go to Keeneland, it's, it's a beautiful setting it's gorgeous but because of the sales we're very you know constrained on what barns we can use and and how we have to get you know in and out of that place so that they can conduct very important sales before and after. Right. So that's that's a problem. You know, when we when we come to Santa Anita, it's gorgeous views, great seating, but it's hard to get um, a, a record crowd there. Right. It's, it's very difficult. There's a lot of distractions in L.A. So if I had my druthers, I'd probably build a racetrack on on middle ground where nobody feels like they've got a home court advantage, you know, where you could build a quarantine facility out that's permanent. Where you've got a hotel around the grounds and, and and just excellent seating for everybody and options and I, I don't or know I, I just been, I think I <laughs> have been wanting to
1: build an indoor climate controlled nighttime <laughs> racing facility in Las Vegas.
2: Wow, this would yeah. be the
1: first well, place. Breeders
2: Cup Downs. Yeah, wow That is that's amazing. We actually looked at Las Vegas a number of years ago as a as a project to see if that was that was feasible. Mhm.
0: Mm, I like that. I like where we're going. With this. You,
1: I've, I've been rolling to this idea around and built it out in my mind for the last like five. Oh, years. I
2: have to. I'm saying, Michelle, I have built my perfect dream track multiple times in my head. <laughs> Every time I have to come in and try to fit our square peg into a round right. hole, I'm like, oh, if I only had my own racetrack.
0: Dora, when are you when are you coming out here? Tomorrow, get up 6 right. a 6 a.m. flight. Yes. All right. Well, we look forward to seeing I'm you. Thanks for spending the time with us today. We wish you the best of luck with Absolutely. this year's Breeders' Cup, the 40th edition. Uh, we will be there. We will be looking for you. We appreciate all you do. And thank you for spending the time with us today.
2: Awesome. Can't wait to see you guys. Thank all you right. so much, Dora.
0: All That's right. Dora. All Don't right. Stop. Bye. Thanks, Dora uh dora delgado i tried to
1: told dora 15 minutes i think we kept her on for like 40.
0: it was 26.
1: <laughs> sorry dora <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I it,
1: stop i just wanted to keep asking questions
0: it is It's it, listen is it it's an exciting time i can tell you that i had a little time to myself yesterday michelle and i all of a sudden i this is what i do every year and i don't know your your um process but the first thing i do is watch every like european race right and i can get my hands on that i know who's coming out here the Aiden o'brien horses and the you know the the, the all the turf filly you know, and mare turf horses and all the you know i, I just i want to know who they are before i i start handicapping or before i start listening to people you know that's one of the hardest things to do is really kind of put put your earmuffs on right cuz you're going to hear so many things about horses in the next two weeks that this horse is awesome this horse is training awesome this horse is amazing but like i for me i have to watch the races and that's how i remember tanarwa a couple years ago at keeneland like i watched her races and i was like i think this philly is unbelievable and i think she's gonna win and that was like my biggest bet of the day that was like my biggest cash of the day and and so you can really if you watch these videos and, and watch horses that that's my kind of recommendation what do you do
1: um, so I I try and kind kind of keep up like throughout the year watching these big races, um, and then I do go back and revisit some of the horses I think people are talking about mostly, and right. I I try and keep like a list of the horses that I had liked and that are kind of like getting ignored a little bit because I'm thinking like if I've liked them and I can is find there a, them, horse that, is there the a
0: horse. That- is there a horse that comes to mind right now that you think is kind of, like, just totally under the radar that you could give out on this radio show – on this podcast, excuse me?
1: I mean, I think, like, one horse would be, like, practical move. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, he we're, had, like, an allowance nice. win. I think you'll get a good price on it. I, I mean, you know, he could, if he if he comes up in the dirt mile, like, he could be a really interesting horse, I feel like.
0: I th- I think there's one. And I don't necessarily – I like this horse or betting this horse or anything I haven't done my homework yet but what about Mage um won the Kentucky Derby ran a ran a big race in the mm-hmm. uh what was it the Haskell or the gym I can't remember yeah he ran a big
1: race in the Haskell
0: right and then ran ran one bad race in the Travers, and it's like everyone's just off you know I think that's an interesting horse that's probably going to be completely overlooked that's going to be a big price now I have no idea like I said I don't know if he's My type of horse, but I just think I think there are a lot of horses like that That kind of will get Overlooked. These fields are going to be amazing Um, They're starting to take shape You will have all the pre-entries Next Wednesday, I believe So, um, I forgot to Oh, I know what I wanted to ask Dora If she could help me get Beer Cane Man in And I forgot (laughs) Gosh darn it All right, Michelle, what's coming up At uh, Santa Anita this week?
1: So coming up at the Great Race Place, we have racing Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We're going to be having a super low-ratio BCBC feeder this weekend. So if you're trying to get into that BCBC $10,000 contest, uh, this could be the weekend that you do it. So log on to Santa Anita for that kind of information. Saturday and Sunday.
0: What? What what does low-ratio mean? What does that mean?
1: So low-ratio means that there's going to be –
0: Oh, not that many people in it, maybe? Not that
1: many people. Yeah, so it's one, well, yes and no, right? It's one seat for every 20 entries.
0: Okay.
1: So, like, you know, you're basically Uh fighting for one out of 20, not one out of 600.
0: Right, and so if there's 100 people in it, it's five seats? Yes. Okay, got it, got it. Okay. I I might do that. There you go. Yeah. Uh,
1: I believe that you can play that either at Santa Anita, but for sure it's on Express Bet.
0: Okay. Very good, okay. to know. good to know.
1: Um, also, we are going to be having the Oktoberfest this weekend. Like, we've had the last couple of weekends. I haven't eaten anything, but it smells really good. Uh, <laughs> and the Pumpkin Patch and Fall Fest coming up as well.
0: And a, a little announcement, Michelle. Oh. We will be doing our second annual uh, Breeders' Cup draft. Oh, yes. Which uh, I'm pleased to say I dominated last year. Um, Did it'll you? Be, yeah. Are you sure? I'm a hundred percent sure. Huh. I'll
1: have to look yeah. that up.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm one thousand percent sure I crushed. Yeah, oh. it was my. It's myself, the great Michelle Yu, the very talented uh, and retired Jay Privman, and also the wonderful Gabby Godette. Yay! New,
1: new mommy of two
0: new mommy new mommy and um we are going to do saturday races only so it's not like an hour show it should be you know 40 minutes and it's going to be it's really fun we had a lot of fun with it last year we did it for charity we're gonna do it for charity again this year and uh and and it'll be up uh, probably like wednesday of breeders cup week wednesday sounds night sounds great uh, yeah uh thanks to dora delgado from the breeders cup for coming on the show today uh, thanks to all of our sponsors. We are part of the In the Money Media Network. I am reachable via email, billy at littleredfeather.com. On Twitter, at ownahorse, at the Michelle U, at BKLRF. Michelle, let's work on something great for next week. Sounds good. All right. That's Bye. it. Bye.